Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, August 3rd, 2020. Although technically, we're recording this show on Sunday night, August 2nd, but don't tell anyone. He's Tristan H. Cockroft, dominator of all that is fantasy and singing. Kyle Soppy still researches, researches and produces our show, and I am Eric Carabell. On today's show, so much to discuss. More injuries, opt-outs, teams not playing games, and Tyler Chatwood, I hear, has not only been awarded the NL Cy Young Award, but he was aimed MVP of both leagues, and he will get to parade the Stanley Cup around Wrigley Field before I'm his so, next I'm so outing. glad I, I sang his praises last week. He's great. I told everybody to pick him up. Yeah, you didn't. I did. Kyle was oh, like, married to him, but <laughs> Tyler Chatwood is amazing. Oh, Thank man. Thank you. Oh, boy. So he's oh, already won God. the Cy Young and MVP and the Stanley Cup. Um, what else can he win? Uh, what else is there out there? There is a presidential election coming, I'm told. Um, Tyler Chatwood has not officially put his name. Can't decide what party, you know, anything like that. We're working through the logistics here. But two starts in, my man is hooking, and I could not be happier. All, all right, Tyler the- Sopwood, did you, you send in your mail-in ballot with him as a write-in? Because you know you could do that. I know you can. I, uh, my wife's grandma, or wife's grandma nominated a dog last year, but or a few years ago. But Tyler Chatwood, a little more deserving than my pet. He's on a roll. Like, is there, I mean, am I wrong to enjoy this? I can't be. You should, no, I, we wouldn't bring it up if you couldn't enjoy it. it I mean, it just, this is not, uh, it's not really wrong at all, right? I mean, Tristan, I mean, I know we're starting the show with this and I didn't mean to do that, but he's got to be among, let me check here, the most added pitchers and for a reason. He should reason, be. Yeah. If he's not on that list, it's because people draft him because he's number one. Listen to this show. Is he number so, one? He, the, top, the top pitchers on the most added list as of this taping on Sunday night. By the way, we're going to try doing Sunday nights. We're watching the Yankees-Red Sox game. At the time that we started the show, it's 3-2 to two Yankees in the third inning here. We're going to try doing Sunday nights in part because we have to, because we can't do it Mondays, but also because it sounds like fun and we get it out of the way, and then Mondays we can do whatever we want. Uh, but Chowett is the number one pitcher being added. Uh, Zach Plesak is two. Uh, and then, oh, John Lester. Why are you adding John Lester, people? Nate Pearson's number four. I would much rather add John, uh, Nate Pearson than John Lester. Aaron Savali. So the two Cleveland pitchers that aren't the big three are among the top five most added pitchers. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Why are you adding work? Greg Holland? He's not the closer, and he's not good. Because um, people thought he was the closer from that one save. They made a mistake in that. and you know. But the others make sense. And Chad would really – Chatwood, by the way, as much as we joke about it, he has made some definitive changes. Todd Zola pointed out about the spin rate numbers. He's throwing more cutters. It's very strange to see him giving up more fly balls. That's just not Chatwood to me. But I believe, actually, that we have some Chatwood audio that we're going to play here from the last show. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, July 27, 2020. And of course, an ace is born in Chicago. But did we have any doubt that Tyler Chatwood... My only question to you, Kyle, is this. So Tyler Chatwood, obviously, is going to win the National League Cy Young Award. Do they present it to him in early August or do they wait until November as is like the standard? See, I think early August is probably the play for the award. And in November, you switch the name of the award. So you, you honor him twice is kind of my, my feeling there because he has been such a great ambassador of this fantasy sport that we love so much. 
All right, so there you go. As, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, like, so <laughs> this is how bored Kyle is. He put together a chart here. Oh, yeah, this is definitely getting yeah. with the audio. So, I mean, don't worry if you can't absorb these numbers. Let's just say it's him on a list with Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, John Smoltz, Roger Clemens, and Clayton Kershaw. I'll let you, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. I don't make the numbers. I just find them. Age 30 season, first two starts, and Chatwood's numbers compare favorably. But uh, <laughs> he, he has to make more starts. Um, let's move on. Let's talk Kershaw. I don't know if you got to see any of the, the outing today, Tristan, but he looked good. Um, velocity isn't really kind of there, but I don't know if he needs velocity. He's just Clayton Kershaw, and he's awesome. And I think he's back. I mean, it was his debut. And now it was only a week delayed, so let's not go crazy here. And there's other news from this Dodger game. But five and two-thirds, three hits, Naria walks, six Ks. He's back. He looks great. I think you said it just about right. And, I, and, and look, over the past couple of years, he's shown this tendency to put up, if not Cy Young Hall of Fame caliber numbers anymore, they're certainly among the best in the game when he's healthy. It's just you've got to deal with the constant risk he's going to miss time with future injuries. It might not be the last time he's on the sidelines. I, I hope that's not the case. I, you and I both have shares of Clayton Kershaw in important league. So we hope that he's healthy the whole rest of the year and pitches like that. Uh, to be honest with you, at the league I have him in, half my team was on the Phillies and Cardinals. So I, I don't, I'm not even going to look at the standings. I mean, this is a farce. I, the, the Phillies missed an entire week and none of them actually tested positive for the virus. So like, still, it was still the safe thing to do, though. I I, I get why I that is happening. And the Cardinals might not play this week, so I just don't I don't know where to turn here and which team is going to be next, which is why I have a problem looking at the standings. But the other thing that happened in that Dodgers game today, Mookie Betts left a little bit prematurely with a swollen finger. MRI was fine. Maybe he misses a day or two. But the thing about the Dodgers and the Yankees, I think these are the only two teams that can afford to do this. And we kind of uh, discuss this on every show. They don't have to play their stars every game. They're the only two teams in baseball that I think we can definitively 99% say are playoff teams. So if Kershaw's back is a problem in, in three weeks, they'll just put him back on the injury list and recall Tony Gonsolin. And with Mookie Betts, Edwin Rios barely plays. But now he can play. Like, Edwin Rios would start for like 15 teams in the majors right now. But on the Dodgers, he's getting like on a bat every three days. So... You know, there's no way Mookie Betts, I don't think, plays the next couple of days. I don't know if this is an injury list stand or nothing major, but the Dodgers and Yankees, man, they can do kind of whatever they want with their personnel because they know they're going to the playoffs. I guess you could say the Astros are going, but they may not with that bullpen. And You know, I mean, like, they got issues, and we'll get to their closer in the carousel a little bit later on. But you agree with me on Mookie and, the, and Kershaw? Kershaw's going to miss more starts. Oh, I hope not. It's possible he won't, but yeah, there's a certain risk of that. Uh, no, I do agree with you. I, and look, the Dodgers, we've talked about just the makeup of the team, that they like to do the mixing and matching, so they can easily get by with that. I, I just think it, it bumps up the playing time for a couple of the other players, as you mentioned. Um, Matt Beattie is one other name you didn't mention who, who could get some extra time. Who do you like better, Beattie or Rios? Beattie. But I, I think both are interesting enough. Look, if it's a, if it's a Dodgers player and you're in a daily league, any of them are interesting. It's like, so Gonsolin pitches that, that outing. He does fine. And they just send him back to the alternate site, which sounds like a sci-fi thing. And <laughs> because they can afford to do it. They can do whatever they want. And then they were called, who was it, Mitch White? Um, and, you know, he'll probably pitch out of the bullpen. But so much depth. I mean, you've got to give them credit. This is not, you know, money, money 
allows you to get out of mistakes, okay? Bad contracts. But the Dodgers have really drafted well. They have so much talent in that organization. It's amazing that they haven't won a World Series since we were children. Um, other, other things. So the Cardinals testing positive for COVID. I don't know what that means, if they're playing this week or not. So you do the forecaster and you update it every day. Give us an update, I guess, on what you would do here with with Cardinals, with Phillies, with Marlins. Half the Marlins are probably going in the injury, on the injury list tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're, they're supposed to play Tuesday in Baltimore, but I don't know. What do you do here in a weekly? So my understanding is their plan is they, they are headed to Baltimore. They're going to play four games. Uh, I don't know if they've designated the day for the doubleheader yet, and that it'll be home and home, but they're all played in Baltimore. I, I do think you can plan on them playing, at least from, from what we have at the time. Of course, all of this is so subject to changes we've seen. I'm concerned about the Cardinals, just because we really don't know the numbers. They are in the current risk situation. I, I think they're going to miss some of the games that are currently scheduled. They're supposed to head to Detroit, play four games. Uh, another situation of just playing there and doing a home-and-home series I'm not counting on it. And if I have to make plans for a fantasy weekly lineup, I would lean towards them not being available for you. I mean, Jake Arrieta hasn't thrown a pitch yet, and he's starting on Monday, supposedly, against Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I just – Phillies lose an entire week. A lot of this stuff is just – I don't know. I watched the Flyers today on Sunday. I liked them. Um, okay, what else? All right, so opt-outs and craziness here. First off, we kind of knew this was going to – at least I, I was 100% sure this was going to happen – Boston's Eduardo Rodriguez has something has a problem with his heart, and um, they had to opt him out. They had to say he was not going to pitch this year. I don't know if it's an opt out officially. Whatever the case is, if you've he's got Eduardo, he's just ruled out for the year. It, out. It's a it's a serious thing, a condition as we discussed before that he needs to get addressed. And it's they're more important things than baseball sometimes. So, all right. So the next one is Lorenzo Cain of Milwaukee. He opted out for the season which I think is good news for Ben Gamble, who's really like their only other center fielder on the roster. Uh, they also lost Ryan, Ryan Braun goes on the injury list. So I'm not sure who's playing the outfield for the Brewers, but they didn't even play this weekend. So, you know, it's like, let me look at the Brewers here and well, see what, if I can figure out. What it's going to come down to is they'll probably go with the Yelich, Gamble, and, and Avisal Garcia in right field. Uh, DH might come down to, well, actually, DH at first base will probably end up being some sort of rotation between Logan Morrison and Justin Smoke. I'm guessing you don't have any interest in Logan Morrison, but he could be like the Matt Adams from Atlanta. Like he's going to play more now, I assume. It, and this is NL only leagues, daily formats where he's facing a weaker righty with a bad platoon split. I, I wouldn't go and rush to Adam in a mixed league for sure. I, I probably wouldn't even for Justin Smoke with a bump, a, a bump up. Well, Smoke's played every game, but you know, it I mean, Logan Morrison. I mean, Yelich hasn't hit, and and since our last show, he didn't get a chance to hit. So. Logan Morrison could back clean up for this team, amazingly enough. All right, enough of that. So anyway, if you've got Lorenzo Cain on a roster, and I do somewhere, I'll look at it tonight after the show. Um, you know, get rid of him. I, I doubt he does it. He does a Nick Markakis and comes back. Um, and Lorenzo Cain, a lot more valuable in fantasy than Nick Markakis anyway. The other weird thing, and it's it's always the Mets people. So they couldn't find they couldn't find Yohannes Cespedes. He wasn't in his hotel room. He didn't show up to the game. Turns out he just doesn't want to play the rest of the season. He got his money up front. Good for him. He's out of his Mets contract. What a, you know, he and Puig, man. So I think that might be it. I don't know who is signing Cespedes next season, a DH only who just did this. But if you've got Cespedes on your roster, cut him. He is not going to end up on Pittsburgh or Cleveland in a week, which Puig could. 
but Cespedes will not. Right. I, I think somebody might end up taking the chance on him next year, but <laughs> they'd have to be crazy. I, 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 yeah, I, look, I mean, you, you compared two players who have some pretty significant questions about them year over year, so, you know, and Val- somebody you know, Rick- wanted three oh. two weeks ago or three. And, uh, so I'm you saying know. somebody might be in a situation of need, but I wouldn't, you know, in a dynasty a keeper league, any kind of that I'm, you know what? He struck out in half his PAs. It was only a week, but still, forget him. The point I want to make here is now that he's out of the way, Dominic Smith can become a star. Now, I'm not going to go all Tyler Chatwood, Kyle on you, but the fact is I like Dominic Smith, and I think you do too. And if they just let him play every day, Dominic Smith is going to hit. Now, maybe they dump him in the seventh spot or whatever, but Dominic Smith has power. He has some plate discipline. I think he'd be okay against left-handers. Now, maybe they won't use them that way. I did I see that they signed Billy Howell? What are you doing? Did they do that? <laughs> did they really? I could not see that being official. Hold on, I'm going to try yep. and find it real quick. He was, he was traded, traded to the Mets from the Giants. They have to have a spot for him, right? Does he hold value now? I mean, they went out of their way to acquire him. I mean, but the roster starts shrinking. Well, at least they're supposed to start shrinking on Friday. How are you going to make room for a defensive specialist and pinch runner right now? That organization hasn't a clue what they're doing. Let's make that clear. So, you know, while they should play Dominic Smith every day starting tomorrow, you know they won't, Tristan. You know they'll screw this up. I mean, maybe Dominic Smith isn't as good as I think, but I want to see him play every day. If he's the DH, good. He shouldn't be playing left field. Um, neither should J.D. Davis, but that's not the point. The point is, Dominic Smith, I like him quite a bit. I would take Dominic Smith over Ben Gamble if you have a choice here. They both should play regularly. Okay, Ota- we got to deal with this Otani thing because this is just I a know, mess. I was right on on Thursday. The one thing. Well, no, I, I wasn't playing him, okay? I, I, I Let's make that clear. My point in the column that I know you read that I wrote Friday was it's a big outing for him on Sunday. And he failed. I think by he's now walked eight of the 16 batters he's faced this season. Now, that game isn't over at the time that we're taping this, but we know what happened. Otani only let, got five outs. He walked five. He struck out three. Somebody inherited the runners and let a couple of them score. And he threw a wild pitch. So, I, I, obviously, you're not leaving him active. But what I wrote on Friday was, is it even worth rostering Otani the pitcher anymore? That's a good question because he is only going to pitch a minimum of once a week. And exactly. at the this hitter you keep, the hitter you keep because he's a decent DH. Sure. And he's off to a slow start there too. But what I said is if he pitches poorly on Sunday, do you just cut him as a pitcher? And I don't know the answer right now, but how can you keep him around? It's If you're in a league that does that, that splits the pitcher, or you have to make a, a pitcher only driven decision, yeah, I think it's in the conversation. The velocity was down. I'm actually trying to get you the exact up to the minute right, velocity so number. Let me Here put it is. You 90, 94.4 is a little bit up from the first outing. That is that. If I have to give any one positive thing, it's that. I'm not saying I want to cut him. I guess it depends on what your other options are. His next outing is scheduled to be against at Texas. Now that is played as a pitcher's park. So would you drop Otani right now to pick up? I hate to keep doing this, but Tyler Chatwood. He's the most added pitcher right now. Would you do that? Yes. If it if it's just the pitcher, yes. Would you drop Otani for either of those other two Cleveland right-handers, Savali and Playsack? Savali, Savali, yes. I want to do a little more deep diving on Zach Playsack before I'd make that move. Savali, certainly. 
I mean, he's got to pitch better at Texas, a pitcher's park, a lineup that's losing players. I mean, Santana just went on the injury list. Uh, they haven't had Calhoun. I mean, it's like just don't like Joey Gallo Homer, and I think you're okay against Texas. It's just I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but he has, he has swing and miss stuff. If you can't get it by Joey Gallo, then there's a problem. You're right. This is a critical stop for him in Texas. He has to step up in this game. I just I hate overreacting to two outings, Tristan, but in two starts, he's faced 16 hitters and he walked eight of them. That's a big problem. All right. We, you and I both said, isn't this a reactionary season? It is. I, I, I can't start him. That's for dar- darn sure. But I don't know if I can even roster him as a pitcher. But keep him active as a, keep him around as a hitter. All right. What else do we have to deal with? All right. Nick Madrigal, I wrote about him on Friday as well. Um, a brief article which said, you know, I think we know what he is. And that may not be good enough to roster in your league. There's no power here. Now, he had a four-hit game today, last I looked. He didn't have any hits in his first two games. He had four singles today. He's, he's David Fletcher with more speed. Is, is that worthy of being on a roster in a standard 10-team league? And I don't know. I, I had a chance to keep him in a deep 16-team league, and I didn't do it. And I was immediately, like, immediately regret, regretful that I did that. But then I thought, well... What's the what's the highest thing he can do in fantasy? And, and next year, he's going to be the starting second base for the White Sox. Say he plays 150 games. Say he bats 310, steals 25 bases, and hits two home runs. I don't know if I can roster that in a league. Can you? It would be tough in a mixed league. I I do like the fact that he's got incredible contact ability. Oh yes. I, kudos on the David Fletcher. I feel like that's pretty dead on here. David Fletcher, who can run a little bit. And and maybe the safety and batting average would be enough that if I'm waiting till the end of my middle infielder, that's the kind of guy I want. There is some upside. He's batting ninth right now. He needs to show the White Sox that he deserves a more premium role. You need to get him in the top three spots in the lineup before I'm really buying in for fantasy. I, I, I'm probably the optimist about Madrigal, but your points are valid here. I mean, the, the thing is, like, they lose uh, Tim Anderson to the injury list and they put Luis Robert in the leadoff spot, not Madrigal. And I understand that because Robert is a, has a week more of playing time. <laughs> it's not like either of them are veterans here. But, you know, I had a chance to, to draft Luis Arise of the Twins in multiple leagues, and I decided not to do it because I thought, if you don't have any power at all, I just can't roster you unless you're batting 330. And I don't know that Madrigal is going to do that. Remember, pitchers are going to figure out how to pitch to him because he doesn't have a lick of power, like me in softball. So why would you throw him anything where he could drive it? He can't drive it anyway. I mean, I love Madrigal. I think he might win a batting title. But if he's if he's hitting two home runs and, and knocking in 40, that's really hard to roster. Anyway, you're making a face. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm thinking about it. I don't know the pitchers are going to find a way to pitch to him effectively to get him out, but they might not be as frightened of him as they are of other players in the lineup. So, I, you know, Kind of believe. I think this is the kind of guy who's going to be batting annually three uh, two two eighty to three ten without any issue. But oh, as you said, no power. So what do we make of Donovan Solano? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, I, like, I, know. I know. This is not a kid, people. This is a thirty two year old second baseman, a journeyman who's been on a number. Actually, not that many teams: Miami, New York, and San Francisco. And because the Giants were batting him third, he fell into thirteen RBI on thirteen hits. 448 batting average entering Sunday with nary a walk. This is going to fold like a house of cards really fast. You should not be adding Donovan Solano in any of your leagues. I hope that that's what you're going to say. But he's he's a guy off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. 
I am going to say that. Uh, I will note that the last San Francisco Giant that did this in 10 games was Pedro Feliz in 2005 to get 13 RBI or more. He finished that year batting 250, 295, 422. And I feel like there's some important lessons to be taken away on Mr. Donovan Solano with that. Look, he's worth adding based on playing. Playing time fuels his value in an NL only league. I put in a bid in Tout Wars for him. I don't know if I got him yet because we're taping and I don't want to go over and have to check the email and see. But that's about where I draw the line. He's I'm going to look and see what I got in town. I put in for like five closers. And if I get them all, they all have to be active. I don't even care anymore. Um, don't add Solano. Come on. You know how this is going to end. But I wrote about J.P. Crawford late last week. And you know what? You know, he's made changes. J.P. Crawford. Whoa. What? Donovan Solano sold for 222 out of 1,000. That seems like a lot. And that's crazy. And he was not, but he was not the highest uh, buy for the week. That was Nick Markakis, from the look of it. Yeah, three thirty-three. I would. Oh well, no. Why would? Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I totally blew it on my bids this week. Ah, oh well. Um, Donovan Solano. I I've got some Solano related trivia. Oh yeah, trivia. Let's go. Sing the song. Trivia, trivia that Eric and Kyle won't know. <laughs> All right, let's flash back to 2019 just to give another example of uh, hot starters and they don't all pan out. Um, it's 10 games, 13 RBI for Donovan Solano this season. He's the major league leader in RBI as of the time we are asking this trivia question. So I would like the two of you to name the six players who had at least 13 RBI in their first 10 games, first 10 team games of 2019. Six players drove in 13 or more runs last year through this number of games. Think your hot starters. Do you remember the hot go. starters of 2019? Yep. It seems like a lot more than a year ago. You know, I remember sure the guys does, got hot late it? more so than the guys who got hot early. Three of them are, if if you remember last year, incredibly. Actually, four of them are incredibly obvious. Two of them well, are tricky. Yelich and Bellinger. Christian Yelich had 13. Cody Bellinger was the leader with 18. Okay. And there's other obvious ones, obviously. Well, one of them, if you remember last year, you remember this guy being super hot, and he's a great example of it doesn't always pan out. Uh, super hot, and it always doesn't pan out. Okay, I got to think He about was that. really great in the first game of the year. I, I don't remember the first game of last year. <laughs> I, know, I figured you might not. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say LeMay. I was going to say LeMay. Nope. I didn't get any of these players in town. I didn't get any. I put in for five closers, and they, I got outbid on all of them. Wow. Who were the five? Since we got to get into closers anyway, right? Um, well, yeah. So, I, yeah, let's do a closer carousel now. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, I put in for Trevor Rosenthal, and somebody spent more than I did by, like, not even, like, a couple dollars. Uh, I think he's the world's closer. It's clearly not Greg Holland who got lit up in like the sixth or seventh inning today. It's Trevor Rosenthal. Now you could argue with me that he's not going to keep the job. He's going to start walking people, but I don't know. Maybe he's fine now. There's so much volatility with relief pitchers that maybe he's awesome. Maybe he's going to be Kirby Yates this year. Kirby Yates hasn't been Kirby Yates. Although I can't remember. Was that actually in real life or was that on my sim team where Kirby Yates gave a home run? That was real life. They are struggling, the Padres bullpen. I think it was actually Sim and real life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> simultaneously. Because the results of our league are coming in. All the Red Sox are now at 5-3. Um, all right, so 
So Trevor Rosenthal, I didn't get him. Cole Sulcer of Baltimore, I didn't get him either. He went for as much as Rosenthal did. How about that? Wow. I don't know a whole lot about Cole Sulcer. Trevor Gott went for double both of them. Wow. So did, so did Jairo Diaz of Colorado. So I'm going to – wait, why didn't I get him? All right. So I must have screwed something up. Uh, Donovan Solano went for 51. Well, let me ask you this. Rank these four. Rosenthal, Sulcer, um, Gott, and Jairo Diaz. What's your ranking? Rosenthal. Diaz. Yeah. Um, and then – Sulcer's at the bottom. Is it because it's Baltimore? Because Trevor Gott might not be gotting any more saves. I, I'm not interested in either one, but I will take ballpark over oh, the rest. The fifth one was – I got outbid by Rowan Wick. Ugh. Oh, yes. Rowan Wick being the, the guy who gets the saves. Now, we're assuming that Rowan Wick is their closer, but we don't know this. No, we don't. It could still oh. be Greg Kimbrell, frankly. So in my Friday column, which, again, I know you read religiously – I wrote that that like seven or eight closers that are rostered in more than 50% of ESPN standard leagues were going to be um, dropped by that next time next week. And by the way, kudos to AJ Mass for a great headline on this Otani story. Fantasy baseball Schrodinger's bat. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> I wrote – I wrote, and I want to get your reaction, that the following pitchers will all be dropped by this time next week, so this Friday, in order of their lofty ADP. Um, Edwin Diaz of the Mets, Ken Giles, Hurt, Brad Hand, Nick Anderson, I know you'll disagree there, Jose LeClerc, obviously you have to cut him, Craig Kimbrell, I think you have to cut him, uh, Will Smith of Atlanta. I think all those guys, now Greg Holland was not rostered more than 50%, neither was Wade Davis, who's already on the injured list. Jairo Diaz is not giving up that closing. And we're not seeing Scott Oberg at all this year. So. Um, the pitchers I named, would you drop them all or who would you, you would not drop Nick Anderson. It's, it's a mouthful here. Yeah. If you were committed on Nick Anderson and frankly, I'd put Will Smith in this uh, category. I think you still need to stick with them. Uh, the others I can see the case for Kimbrell. I might hesitate just because the manager is hedging on that, that, that he has he hedging? like, how can you give Craig Kimbrell the next save opportunity? Like, Rowan Wick got the save for Chatwood the other day. I don't know what they did in the game today, but now it's 5-4. to four. Now it's 5-5. to five. I don't know what's happening. I can't even keep track. I can't do a show and do this. Um, <laughs> it is challenging, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm kind of looking at you and other things here, but yeah. um, and I'm trying to do my lineup for, uh, for Tal at the same time. I can't do it all. Um, why would you keep Kimbrell in your roster anymore? Tell me why. What could possibly happen that's good? He's allowed 11 home runs in his 22 innings for the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I it it puzzles me. I'm just saying with the information that we have. I mean, if I'm going to pick one of those guys to go to next, that would be the next one I would be hold, next most likely to be holding on to. And by the way, Hansel Robles was terrible this weekend. He's probably losing his job as the closer, but Joe Madden won't tell anybody who it's going to be, and nor does he need to. Problem we'll with that, who else is it going to be? Cam Bedrosian? <sighs> He's the only guy in that bullpen that looks like he – See, but I, I say that, and then, you know, Cole Solster's getting saves. So Cole Solster did not look good in the Yankee game. I have to be clear on that. Of course he did. It's the Yankees. But my point here is, it could be Cameron Drosian. It could be Kanan Middleton. Mm-hmm. It could be Ty Buttry, who a year ago in April we thought was going to be their closer. And the best is, we, <laughs> we haven't even mentioned the name that I find most interesting, uh, and that's James, uh, James Karinchek. All right, so are you dropping Brad Hand? I don't know if I'm dropping Brad Hand yet. 
or Edwin I thought you Diaz said you were. That was one of the six. I said I predicted that in a week people would be dropping. Oh, okay, okay. It was the prediction. But when the it thing. comes to Edwin Diaz and Brad Hand, I think Diaz I would drop before I would Hand. But, like, we don't know. Cleveland didn't even score this weekend, right? Like, how do we know what's going to happen with Cleveland's closing? Krenchik has just looked very good in the past two outings. I, I'm not surprised by this. I don't know why anybody would be. All right, anyway, let's do a little bit of a schedule preview here for the week. Uh, and, again, this is all predicated on them playing baseball. I mean, Saturday, like a third of the league didn't play. So um, on Monday, the first game is scheduled to be at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time, the Battle of Ohio. So get your weekly lineups in by then. ESPN Plus has the late game, Frankie Montas of Oakland at Justice Sheffield and Seattle. Seattle's got a bunch of interesting hitters. It's not just J.P. Crawford. It's that Jose guy who played left the other day in first base. Um They've got Shed Long, who they've dropped in the batting order because Crawford's been so good. I don't want to make I don't want to make fun of this guy's name, Marmal Marmalejos. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Um, I'll, I'll ask Schoenfield. Um, you know, Jose Marmalejos, who's been playing left field for some strangers. Kyle Lewis looks great still. That's not going away. Kyle Lewis is not Donovan Solano. People, very big difference here. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you add Kyle Lewis, you don't add Donovan Solano. And even anyway, then, you might still do better than both of them. Um, but I, Alec, but I'm, a, I'm in agreement. Alec Mills of the Cubs at home against the Royals, interesting for you or no? Mm, borderline. Certainly you can't go with Jake Arrieta at Yankee Stadium. Um, Zach Plesak at the Reds, okay. I'm buying on all the Cleveland starters. Yeah, it's not a great ballpark situation for him, but yeah. Tuesday, ESPN has a triple header. Look at this. 2 p.m. Eastern time, scheduled. Pittsburgh at Minnesota. Joe Musgrove and Rich Hill. Who do you like better there? Uh, I like uh, Rich Hill there. But But only because he gets to face Pittsburgh. I I like Musgrove better for the year. I like Hill better for that game because the matchup is that you couldn't get a bigger divide in matchup. Um, You know, you're probably right. The, The record holder for home runs and then Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, and, it's in, and it's in Minnesota, which is a problem for Pittsburgh pitchers. Stephen Matz is at uh, Washington at 7 p.m. Eastern. I don't know who's starting for the Nationals right now. Um, and then late, it's the Angels at Seattle, Andrew Heaney and Justin Dunn. Um, who else is pitching on Tuesday that is interesting? This Tyler Mayle against Cleveland. Any interest? I like Tyler Mayle. Yeah. Um, if you had to it's choose, not a great matchup, I- but it's but I, I like him. If you had to choose between Rich Hill and Matthew Boyd on Tuesday, Matthew Boyd at home against the Cardinals, who haven't played in over a week. Matthew Boyd's been giving up some stuff, but he's still a guy who had 238 strikeouts last year. People are dropping him. They really shouldn't be. But yeah. the Cardinals haven't played in a week, so who knows if they're going to even be you know, hitting the ball. I, I don't know that they're going to play that game at all, so that might wash this. But even given that, I would still take Hill. I like the matchup that much. And by the way, when he's healthy, I'm taking Rich Hill. <laughs> but you're not dropping Matthew Boyd. No. Uh, Freddie Peralta of the Brewers at home against the White Sox. I like Freddie Peralta. I, I'm a big Freddie Peralta fan. The Brewers, I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to you know verify their rotation information here because they had had so many postponements. But I'm, I'm on board with whoever they're pitching in any of the games of that series. And you know, I like the the, the Brewers pitchers. By the way, the, the, Tuesday, the Tuesday guy. Do we have him up on the schedule yet? Let's see. Uh, yeah, we do. Jesus Lizardo against Lance Lynn. I was just going to say Liz Lizardo at home against Texas. That's very interesting. I, do you use Lizardo right away, or do you assume that there's a pitch count? I assume there's a pitch count, but I'm still using him. 
uh, Wednesday night, and then we'll be doing our next show on Wednesday night, uh, so some of the games won't be over by then. But let's see if there's any starting pitchers here that you should be picking up. Um, Jordan Montgomery's at Philadelphia, but really at Yankee Stadium. I like Jordan Montgomery. I would pick him up. Actually, are they playing at Yankee Stadium? I thought they were playing in Philly for those two. I thought all four were at Yankee Stadium, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm, it's hard for me to keep track of it. I thought that, that that one when they were going back to Philly. Either way, both ballparks lean to home runs. I'm still going to use Montgomery here. I did like what I saw the first outing. You know, Colorado's still pitching well, Tristan, even at home. So yeah. Kyle, you know, like John Gray, Kyle Freeland. I like I. Yeah, I know you made fun of me when I drafted Kyle Freeland in uh, in Labor NL, but Kyle Freeland has looked really good, and he's available in 80% of leagues. That was at home against the Padres. Now, Padres aren't the Yankees, but still, um, I, my point being that Kyle Freeland had a great year two years ago. Why couldn't he get back to some semblance of that? And it looks like he has. And his next two games are both at home, but not against dominant offenses, the Giants and the Diamondbacks. You you can call me a hypocrite if you wish. I am Kyle Freeland's uh, winner. I got the winning bid on Kyle Freeland in Tal Wars. Oh, how and, the tables have turned. <laughs> and look, I noticed it too. They pitched well at home, and it's San Francisco. And look, I know San Francisco had a good game against Mike Miner. You know, there was more in Miner not pitching well in that one inning. Um, but I, I'm not a big fan of their offense. Maybe it's By a lot way, of regressions in this game. I should have bet you Matt Kemp versus Sam Hilliard, and I would have been right. Uh, you know, maybe this stops soon, but Hillier looks terrible, and Matt Camp has twice as many home runs. You thought I was crazy, and I might be, and it might end tomorrow, and he might wa- he could walk away tomorrow. Who knows? But the point is, they are playing Matt Camp. You may Sam be Hillier. right. I may be crazy. <laughs> the Rockies are. I mean, look what they're doing. That now the Rockies can make the playoffs, though. That's the thing. If this if this big three rotation. Pitch as well. They got Wade Davis out of there, so he's not going to blow any more saves. They can make the playoffs with that lineup. I'm not saying they should play Matt Kemp. They should play Garrett Hampson and Sam Hilliard and see what they and Tappy and see what they have for next year. But they're just not going to do that. Still gonna give you, gonna. I'm still going to give you this: two Matt Kemp starts, both against lefties. Right way to use them. Succeeded. Um, the one guy from the closer we left out. What is Houston doing for their next save? Because Roberto Osuna is on the injured list, and that yeah. might be a while. Yeah. So if it's not, if it's not. Um, Presley, I don't know who their closer is. They seem to indicate it is Ryan Presley, that he's healthy enough to pitch. He did pitch in that game. Wasn't that effective uh, setting up Asuna? Um, just wrote this for the closer chart. By the way, we should plug the closer chart. That gets updated each and every day at the very least. And Cy Sneed was one of the ones that I mentioned as a possibility. And is it Blake Taylor? I think Blake Taylor is the other one, the lefty. Blake, Blake Taylor. Was he somebody that was on like 90210 or something? I don't know. Let me look up Houston's <laughs> roster. Uh, Mike um, Taylor or Brandon Bielak? I know Bielak. I drafted him in a league with minor leaguers. Um, Blake Taylor's a left. Blake Taylor's a lefty, though. Yep. It's, it, it, it's really tough for a lefty to become a closer. Unless you're, I mean, you could end up going the committee way, like a lot of teams are doing. Andre, scrub, scrub, scrub. Um, I still think Brian Abreu, man. He's young. He throws hard. That's what still, I thought. Yeah. But they don't, they're not using him later in these games. So. All right. Anyway, that's all for the closer report. Next one on Wednesday night. Now let's bring Kyle back and talk some hash browns. We do have plenty of hash browns. A lot of questions came in about how good is Tyler Chatwood? What kind of award should he get? Appreciate all those comments. Not really questions the guys can answer, but I want the people to know that those were seen and enjoyed very much. Randy wants to know if Colin Moran is a thing or just a flash in the pan. 
I don't want to say that Colin Moran is like Donovan Solano. And people are going to say, Eric, why? Moran is younger, and he's not exactly a journeyman. He hit in the minors. He's got some pop, but he didn't really show it last year. Only 13 home runs, and he basically played the entire season. Um, he hit some doubles. Not a walker. I mean, he's got five home runs, seven RBI, two walks. This probably ends badly. Now, if now Cabrian Hayes is out with um, the virus, and even if he wasn't, they might still play Moran. But if I'm choosing between Moran and let me go through the batters on the most added, and um, if it's Moran versus Solano, I take Moran. But I would I would take now Kyle Lewis and and, and Carly Stramski's grandson are both rostered most leagues at this point. Um, Moran versus J.P. Crawford, I take Crawford because I think he can steal some bases. Moran versus Teoscar Hernandez, I probably take Teoscar. I think that's more power, even though Moran's got five homers already. Moran versus Kyle Seeger, I would take Seeger. I mean, like playing a name game here, I'm not taking Kyle Moran on any of these. Are you? Crawford's close, but based on what he's doing so far, also the walk rate's been pretty nice for him. And the fact he can give you a stolen base, yeah, yeah, I can get on board with that. Right, there you go. Uh, Color Moran, by the way, it, it struck me before that he was a perfect platoon partner. But maybe he's more. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, Colin Moran didn't exactly destroy right-handers last year, if, if memory serves. I mean, let me look it up. He was, uh, he was adequate. It was like 273. 278, 329, 434. That's not destroying right-handers. I, no. He's pretty average. He should be replaced. Um. So the Astros are going to get a save opportunity here, but it's the 11th inning, so we don't know if um, if their closer or their next closer is going to pitch it. But anyway, okay. 5-5 five, five game, 4th inning, Yankees. We're not really helping anybody by talking during the Yankee-Red Sox game. Well, you're What's the next question? Closers. Joe wants to know which closers you're panicking on that you were high on coming into the season. You mentioned Edwin Diaz. You know, I don't know if I was high on Edwin Diaz. I ranked him too well. I thought we had to. Didn't we have to rank Edwin Diaz well? We didn't have to rank Kimberwell. I, I did not rank Kimberwell. I had him like number 15. And that's only to say that there were 15 teams that hadn't figured out the closer situations, you know, like Washington. Or I assumed that Ian Kennedy was Kansas City's closer. I don't know why I did that. He's nowhere near closing. Amazing. Amazing. Ian Kennedy was one of the best closers in the league in the final four months last year, and they didn't even give him a chance to close this year. So who am I? Who was I high on entering this year that is already I've already lost confidence in? I will not put Diaz and Kimbrel there because I I assume that that two of them and Kenley Jansen would blow it. I will say, I mean Brad Hand I thought would be fine. Um, I thought I thought Hansel Robles would be fine. Really? Um, anyone else here? Uh, Kirby Yates I still think will be fine. I believed in Edwin Diaz. And did go all in, and that did not go particularly well. Um, I oh, am. We didn't, even, we didn't even mention Texas. Who's their closer now? The clerk. Uh, yeah, they and and uh, Chris Woodward said that it is a committee led by Jonathan Hernandez. <laughs> and Nick Goody had the save the day before that, and everybody was adding him in all fantasy leagues at the time. Goody Hernandez, and by the way, he mentioned Edinson Volquez. Oh my goodness! I know, I know. I'm look. I'm just saying what Woodward said. If it's me, I'm adding Goody first, Hernandez second, only in an AL, AL onlys. Okay. I, I am concerned about the, the you know, I, and I was all in on Nick Anderson. I am concerned about the fact that that if if that is a full fledged committee and they're going strictly matchups, 
the volume probably is not going to be there to justify my valuation. Okay. Nobody Fair likes enough. changing rules in the middle of the league in the middle of the season, but Eric wants to know if every league at this point should be a daily transactions league. You know, somebody um, tweeted me and said, "Why can't my league change from this to this?" And I felt like replying, uh, "It's a week into the season. You can't do it. First of all, you literally can't do it on our site. You can't do it on any site. You can't change your league after it's already started. You could have done it before the season started." Can't do it now. I have a league right now that's changing a rule. I don't like it. I voted no. I don't care if I, if, if it goes through because I'm not trying. But What's the uh, rule? The rule is in a Marlins-type situation, if the team doesn't play for four consecutive days, you can place them on your reserve list, like an injured list. And I don't think that's right. But Because they're not on the injured list. Jonathan VR is not on the injured list. So in that league, there's no bench. Um, in that league, you have to to get rid of a player. You drop them. You doesn't. You can't bench them or minor leagues or the injured list. So basically, all Marlins, all Cardinals now are eligible for the injured list. I don't think that's right. But so don't change, don't change rules in the middle of a season, even a pandemic season, even in a regular season like this. I I I think there's merit to the idea of playing a daily league this year just to get yourself used to it to see if you like it. As I said about the experimental possibility, daily leagues are exhausting even as somebody who updates a forecaster each and every day i find daily leagues pretty exhausting um eric your league in tout has the injury replacement rule correct i don't think so okay <laughs> so so in tout nl ale and i uh, yeah maybe it's not the mixed league ale and nl we have an injury replacement rule where if a player is hurt during the middle of the week you can put in a player oh um, yeah yeah I also, if you go to the injured list, yeah, we have that rule, I think. In my Keeper League, we have uh, we also have this rule. And as the commissioner of this league, I did approve being able to do that with the Phillies and the Marlins and other teams that have this. Because, look. If, if, After if, the season started, dude? Yes. Right. And I would never do this in a traditional season, but it's a strange year. And it, it, it does – the, the experience stinks for people who are missing a week's worth of games. It does. The experience stinks in general, okay? Because, like, all these players are sitting out. And when the Phillies do play all these doubleheaders, JT Real Mutu is not going to play on all of them. And the pitching is going to be a wreck. And Hector Neris isn't going to close both ends of a doubleheader. So you say, okay, you'll get the games back eventually in a Roto League. No, you won't. You won't get them back. Not all of them, yeah, that's and right. And the Phillies are not playing 60 games a season. I guarantee that. I don't know if anybody is, but Phillies aren't. I'll tell you this. I, be- I believe can I'm going to check and make sure you can still draft a new team right now. But um, my suggestion would just be draft a new team and do it as a daily starting from today. Daily points league is like the only thing that I think makes sense right now. Cause just try it. It's an experimental year. See if you enjoy the format. Yeah, do it for no money. See if you like it. You know, like just look, I love baseball and I love fantasy, but this is not baseball. Right now. This is a mess. Agree. Last question here comes from David. He wants to know what's your value on Madison Bumgarner for the rest of the year. Did he pitch today? Bumgarner? I don't think so. He's penciled in for Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, Houston. He's a two-star pitcher, Houston, at San Diego. I mean, I haven't seen anything so far on Bumgarner that has me concerned. He's gone five and a third and five and two-thirds, but that means nothing. To me, because it's early on. 
I think he's durable. I think he's, I mean, I know saying durable is crazy, but like the injuries he had weren't like his elbow or shoulder. I, I think he's going to be fine. Now, do I want to use him against Houston? <laughs> Not really, but if I've got him in a weekly league, I leave him active. I, I, I to me, it's strange. Like, what do you, what do you, there's so many players to be concerned about. Are you really concerned about Madison Bumgarner? I know what David's asking about. It's the velocity thing because, uh, is it down a lot? It's, no, because he's never been a high-velocity kind of guy. I mean, the highest year he ever had single season was 92.1 miles per hour on the fastball. It's 87.9 right now, which can be problematic. I'll point this out, though. If you count this year's FIP, he's been solidly between 390 and 4 each of the past four seasons. Okay. I'm, not that, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned about him, but I also I, – I mean, I don't, I don't treat him as elite. I don't think you do these, these days either. So let me ask you this. All right, Chris Bryant has an illness. He tested negative. I don't know if he's playing this week. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. How are you handling roster moves in your myriad fantasy leagues? Whether it's a player who's on the injury list, whether it's a player who might go, whether it's a Brewer or a Cardinal or a Marlin. The only Marlin you should be rostering right now is Jonathan VR, But then only you might be rostering Alcantara and Kinsler. How are you handling this? It's like... I don't even know what the right answers are to deal with this irregular season. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting as long as I possibly can to set the lineup wherever I can, but I'm erring on the side of caution otherwise. And if I do think there's a legitimate chance either the team or player won't play, replacing him, if I can, with a player is going to give me more volume. Volume to me is probably going to be Volume is everything in this pandemic season, right? I mean... Which is another reason why I haven't really been rostering a lot of closers. I just want innings. You know, like, I, I might roster, you know, a, a middle reliever who I think is going to pitch a lot. But, like, Matt Barnes, I have rostered in a league. I don't think he's going to get any saves, but I think he's going to pitch. You know? Like, I feel confident he's going to pitch three, four innings a week, maybe. You know? Like, at least that's something. You know? That's more than what Zach Eflin has done for the Phillies. He hasn't pitched yet at all. You know, I have no idea if Corbin Burns is going to pitch this week because the Brewers can redo their entire rotation. I, I think he's pitching, but I just benched him in town because I have no idea. Yeah, and that's that's the good move because I'm not sure he's staying in the rotation. He could very well be that middle relief kind of guy. Takes fourth, fifth, sixth innings behind a, a struggling starter. All right, and which means he would get the win. He yeah. and Prince Tudor are going to yeah. get five wins apiece for the Brewers, and none of their starters, including Woodruff, are going to win five National games. League Rays, right? <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right, yep. we're done for today. Oh, we um, have one more thing, though. We got the trivia answer. Oh, yeah. So what was the question again? <laughs> the question was Donovan Solano, 13 uh, RBI in his first 10 games. So we're taking the no first sure. 10 games of last year, who are the six players who drove in at least 13 runs. You guys had gotten Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich, if I'm not mistaken. Or did, we, did you have another? There's four left. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's... You should know one. Because he got off to a good start. Right? right? Yep, you should definitely Chris know Harper? one. You, Eric, should know one. No? Oh. No, no, not the right Philly. <laughs> no. Oh, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't Hoskins. It was Reese Hoskins. He had 15 RBI. That seems like five years ago that he pitched, that he played. Well. He was, Honestly. Yep. Another one. He was 37 years old. Another one that had some hardware. Another one what? Netted some hardware after the year. He had a really great start. Surprisingly made his team out of spring training. Oh, Tatis. Nope. But you're thinking the right general idea. Just the wrong player. Tatis did not win hardware. 
Who was the AL Rookie of the Year? Who was the NL Rookie of the Year? Oh, Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso had 14. Uh, another one played in the first game. This one was overseas. He homered twice, if I recall, on in that Who opening game. What was that? Was that Seattle. Seattle? I can't remember. Yep. It was it was Seattle, and it was a Seattle player. Was it Vogelbach? No. Hanniger? Nope. This player is named- Cleveland now. Oh, Domingo Santana. Domingo Santana at 14. And the last one is a Chicago White Sox infielder. Tim Anderson? No. Nope. (laughs) Oh, Yohan Mankata. Yohan Mankata. At 13. Yeah, I was going to see go Nick Madrigal. (laughs) I wasn't going to guess Lurie Garcia. Like, yeah, I mean, I I stupidly cut Mankata in a league entering last season because I thought he was going to never hit for – enough average and steal bases and then he did all right well that's why you listen to tristan and not eric all right um <laughs> we're done for today it's been fun we're gonna keep doing some sunday nights until we told to stop i guess and uh th- later this week we'll do wednesday night it's basically so kyle can produce this and um that is all for right now it's the three musketeers here kyle tristan eric and tyler chatwood wishing you a hearty and awesome week